Welcome to the Great Amazing Podcast. This is Tony Mays. I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Dan Paulus, on today. He is, I'm going to go to his, his, his bio, LinkedIn bio a little bit. He is the CEO of a company called Core Business Technologies, and we'll talk about what that is. But Dan and I have known each other for, gosh, over 20 years now uh, from back at our old PostalSoft and FirstLogic days. And, and we worked together on a few projects and not enough from my, from my perspective, but he has been a great inspiration to me with his success. And he has definitely moved on from uh, FirstLogic back in the 2000s, early 2000s, and, and has moved on to senior management and senior leadership positions. But he's also done that uh, with maintaining his family and 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 keeping his family strong and and keeping himself in into the sports and activities and things like that that he enjoys and and despite probably traveling a couple hundred days a year uh, pre-COVID so uh, but he's had positions of sales leaders sales managers he's been a CEO a couple times uh, so just welcome to the podcast Dan. Yeah, thank you. Uh, really good to be here, Tony, and always good to catch up, and yeah. especially reminiscing a little bit about our old days. <laughs> a little bit about the old days, yeah. Yep. But uh, So when did you first start with the old PostalSoft company? Was that in like the 95 time frame or before that? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was closer to 93, actually. 93, 93 okay. 94, somewhere right in that area. Yeah, and your job back then was was so, sales. Yeah, yes, came into the the, the when PostalSoft was uh, emerging into the uh, SMB portion of the market with the desktop mailer. Yep. There were four of us hired. Uh, ironically and comically, three of us were called Dan, so they just called it the Dan <laughs> team. And um, I knew actually very little to nothing about software at that point. It was okay. uh, it was a baptism by fire. Where had you come from before that? So out of college, I went to work for a company that was into uh, regional printing uh, throughout the Midwest um, and okay. very commercial oriented printers, uh, family run business, uh, growing. Um, and, and I had the opportunity to do everything from uh, work in the factory, uh, learning about um, uh, our processes, our procedures, all the way to managing an art department, which I had no, no formal training <laughs> for whatsoever. Um, and then, you know, working with our clients and working with our customers and expanding that. And that was that moment of which, and then running it when, uh, you know, when the ownership, they, they like to take nice long vacations, they entrusted sure. me. Uh, but it was, there was, uh, there was, that was the moment of my life, I think, where I finally started realizing that client facing, go to market, that was something that really, really tripped my trigger. Sure, sure. How did you, uh, where did you come from before that point? Where'd you go to school at and where are you from originally? Maybe so we'll start back my, there, but. Yeah, my background's pretty humble. Um, it's, <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Um, grew up in a family of four and uh, we, we grew up, uh, you know, I, 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 I joke that I'm the black sheep out of my four siblings. I have a, an older sister that's a very accomplished psychiatrist. She worked at a Harvard Research Center for a time and during her career. My brother uh, was, a, was a retired uh, Air Force colonel and pilot for United. Uh, he flew many, many missions uh, at Desert Storm and overseas. My sister is chief uh, human resource officer at Gunderson Clinic. And then there's okay. me who uh, had a career mostly in sales. But at any rate, um, <laughs> I think so you've I was up the, in the last few years. Yeah, 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 yeah. a little bit. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I was the youngest of four. And uh, grew up in a in a household that my mom and dad, you know, a lot of love. Um, mm -hmm. They 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 took the money that they had and they invested it in our education and sent us all to uh, Catholic education. 
Okay. Um, they were they were strong, devout uh, Christians and Catholics. And so I, I, I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. It was an amazing experience, uh, the Catholic high school especially. Some of those guys are still my lifelong friends. We get awesome. together. Um, I had a great experience. And then uh, and then in, in the course of trying to figure out my next step of life, uh, my sister, who is uh, 18 months older than me, one year ahead of me in school, um, this will give your, your, uh, your listeners an idea <laughs> of how strategic I wasn't, is she, she made a very conscious decision to come to the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse for um, a specific program. Okay. And um, I helped her move in the year before, uh, you know, year before my senior year. I came to La Crosse from the flatlands of eastern Wisconsin, and I said, that's where I'm going to school next year. Awesome. So um, yeah. ironically, so it wasn't, it wasn't so too bluff, planned out. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, I, I majored, uh, almost double majored. Uh, I was 11 credits short of my business major, but everybody always mm-hmm. gets a really good chuckle out of this. My, my degree is in geography. Awesome. And so uh, my, my plan was to go to graduate school in um, Rhode Island for urban planning. Okay. And okay. then this job with this printing company got in the way and, and my life was altered. Yeah. So did you realize that there wasn't going to be that grad school? Well, I got to go back a little bit more than that. I mean, your parents, your parents sound like they were a great example to you growing up and things like that. Did they let you, did they give you enough room to fail as well or make mistakes and things like that? It sounds like it, but. Yeah, there was the classic, um, you know, you're on your own, take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Like, you know, they, I always knew my parents were there. I always knew that I had love, but I always yeah. knew, you know, we grew up, we grew up in a, you know, a very moderate up, upbringing and mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get out of that small house. So sure. <laughs> that was sure. my, that was my motivation. Right. Yep. But, um, you know, I always knew that I had, I had air cover if I needed it. And, but, but it was also this un, uncommunicated, but given with love that, Hey, you, it's now you got to go make your way in the, in the big world. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did that with all four of us. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good too. I mean, and then going in, uh, you said in grad school, you, or you thought about grad school, but what was the deciding factor there? Just you needed to make money or you wanted, you didn't think Rhode Island was the destination or which? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I have a passion for geography still to this day, geography, geology, sure. um, and it's a passion, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I had started working in this business, this printing company, actually, um, in my junior year of college, just for a part-time job. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so I got a little bit of familiarity just in the factory, working for them part-time. And so they approached me, you know, somewhere in the middle, early to middle of my senior year in college, said, would you be interested in, you know, coming on and, you know, taking over this, this, and this. And so I started thinking about that, right? And mm-hmm. I started thinking about, you know, do I really want to get into urban planning, which is really very different than a go-to-market or a sales or, or, a, or you know, a management in, yeah. in, in business. And so I really did some reflection and I really realized, and in hindsight, I think I made a, a, a stellar decision <laughs> simply because um, as my family will tell you, my wife will tell you, I, I, I don't have a lot of patience and I think working in city government would have tested me. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Especially if you're the junior city planner for a large city, you know, you don't have, you don't get to be the one making decisions. You just, oh. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that things like sports and that kind of a thing are very important to you and always, or at least they are, they are now, were you always 
you're a big skier, big mountain biker. Was that stuff you did back then also? So that, that all came to me, the, well, the skiing has been part of my life since I was, I think, born um, in a, okay. in a, you know, you can't explain this kind of thing. I grew up in a, in a, in a place that had no mountains, no hills, really. <laughs> and from little on, I always wanted Santa Claus to bring me skis. I, I can't even explain it to this day. So my parents would get skis and I'd, I'd hike over to this little 50 foot hill and I'd go up and down for hours and be content sure. with it. Um, and then of course, um, you know, that turned into, can I go on this little trip with my buddies up to Northern Wisconsin? And that yeah. opened up a whole new world. Um, and I'll expand on that a little bit uh, later because uh, sure. it, it turned into something major in our life, um, in my family's life. Uh, awesome. But then the, the cycling aspect of my, I was always involved in sports, um, but the cycling um, actually happened uh, frankly, the year I got married, um, my wife and I got bikes. Okay. Then for my birthday, it's kind of that couple, married, that she, couple she, thing to do kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. that couple <laughs> thing to do, which quickly turned into not that couple thing to do. Um, and, and we quickly decided, I thought, hey, getting a tandem would be a great thing for the two of us. And that was another no. great decision in life, not to get a tandem yeah. with your wife. Um, my wife and I are- Not if you want to yang. stay married, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, didn't, I didn't need her claws on my back. Mm -hmm. um, so- um, cycling and skiing have really turned out to be those two things that both have brought me immense enjoyment. Uh, they bring me immense camaraderie, um, mm -hmm. both in terms of fellow athletes, fellow parents um, of kids who are in some of these endeavors, uh, and just lifelong friends. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's been, and it's that thing that I think when you have careers like we do, and, and, and did, and when you're busy and you, you have, you, you make time for it. And it's, it's that release, Tony, it's the, sure. it's the, the piece that helps you kind of keep things uh, within the, uh, within the bowling alley. Sure. Uh, but uh, the, the skiing piece really turned into something kind of wild for us. I came here and, you know, Mount Lacrosse is a, is a nice Midwest hill, right? It's steep. Yeah. It's a, um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, just kind of started getting involved in skiing a little bit more and then um, when my son was born, uh, you know, I got him into skiing at about two and a half years old and our life just took a, a left turn. Um, he showed some real promise. He made U18 nationals twice on a national level. We took awesome. him to all corners of the United States skiing. Um, it, it dominated our family life and it all started with my <laughs> wife and I looking at each other saying, you know, this would be a nice family thing to get into. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it turned out to be not too much about the family. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm sure that at least gave him a good feeling of investment from your side and things like that, that you really invested in your son as well. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Yep, yep. So when you when you did come to Postal Soft in 93, how old were you then? So I would have been third, let me think about this, 30, 30, 31. Okay. Okay. I was the old okay. guy. I was the old guy. Yeah, you, you were. Yeah. How long did you last in the desktop mailer side? So you eventually moved to the government side, but, but how long did you last? <laughs> I, did. I think it was, I think it was about a year. Okay. And we had some, we had some nice success, right? We were, yeah. we were building something from nothing. Right. And, and it was also interesting because, you know, you had the rest of the business that was very, focused and centered on the, the enterprise grade piece of yep. postal soft. Yep. We were kind of this, you know, you know, and young emerging division that, yep. um, you know, um, nobody really wanted to give too much attention <laughs> to, but, um, but we did and we were successful. Right. And then mm -hmm. um, both uh, Jim Gazowski and, and, and Rich Bergerfer, um, you know, kind of reeled me in to come over to the government side, which started 
interestingly enough, and Tony's probably the only one who's going to listen to this that might remember. Uh, I went to the I'll letter get coding. I'll get Higby to listen to this one too. Yeah. <laughs> the letter coding machine selling selling hardware coding machines to, wow. uh, to mailers. So that's where that started, and that was you know that was a hundred percent cold calling, hundred percent trying to build your your own pipeline and make my way with that, which then of course migrated into more of the, um, where we were integrating our software into both, both other people's hardware and or then ultimately other people's software. So it was, um, again, I was, I was not in the mainstream part of that business, but our, our, our part of the business just kept growing um, exponentially thanks to some of the leadership on that side of the business. Sure. That, that cold calling has got to be one of the hardest things you can do as a salespeople or as a salesperson. I mean, how do you keep yourself motivated doing that? So, you know, Tony, it's inter- it's, it is, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, or you tell me, me, I guess, if you agree or disagree, but yeah. You know, for me, for me, what it was is it's hard. It is no, mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it. It's hard. But for me, what it always was is I always entered it when I got into sales and I said, you mean they're going to pay me this base salary. And if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to make, you know, that much more. And it was all I needed. I just, mm-hmm. that carried out in front of me. And so, you know, by brute force, I figured out a way to make that work. I figured out how to go about executing and and building something that I really didn't even really know what I was doing, frankly, in the beginning. Sure. Right. We, we started out, but I, I like the thrill of the chase. Always have, always will. Didn't realize that about myself when I was younger. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the important thing for maybe young people that might be listening to this is you know, you've got a whole lifespan to learn and mm-hmm. always be receptive to learning and, and be open to new experiences because, um, you know, there was not a single person in my younger part of my life that was in sales, right? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got that from anybody. But as soon as I got into it, it was, it was, it was like intoxicating, right? Yeah. I enjoyed, bulb came on. Yeah. I enjoyed winning. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, scoring a, scoring a W and, um, and then, and then, growing from there. So it was sure. a lot of people struggle with going into a uh, career in sales. Um, it, it was, it was a natural thing for me. Sure. Sure. So you moved to the government side of the company to try to help pursue some of those government contracts and things like that. And yeah. when was the first time you actually started managing other people as well as doing the sales side of things? How much of a change yeah, it was, was that? And, it was, it was there as we were starting to get into the, the government contracting and um, you know, Rich Burgerfer was there and I was working for Rich. Um, and, and then we were, we were having some success on a lot of these uh, postal, large postal authority contracts, right? So we, we started yeah. investing further there. And um, then some people started reporting to me because we were, we were working with subcontractors like Lockheed Martin, right? And yeah. that's, a, that's a relationship driven business, number one. And then number two is it's, it's working with, you know, postal softs you know, technical um, people uh, to, to really figure out how we were going to fit into their ecosystem as they're bidding on these large opportunities um, across sure. the globe, right? Yep. So uh, Lar- Lar- while they're bidding on large ones, our piece at the time was a lot smaller than that. So I think your frame of reference has probably changed a lot the last few years, actually, probably too, I'm guessing with some of the deals you've been involved on. <laughs> so, but still you know, at the it, time, I mean, those were big deals for a small company. So yeah. Yeah, they were, and you know, even even to this day, if you look at uh, our Australia Post uh, contract, that was, you know, that was five-digit millions, right? And uh, low low five digits, but it was really 
a big contract that was, you know, had a lot of risk and, 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 you know, you know, requirements to deliver behind it. Yeah. I'll never forget one of those conversations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's when the managing people started and working with people. And I realized at that point too, that, um, you know, as, as much as I loved uh, the actual sales process myself and, and the relationship building that we were putting in place, because we were building up a lot of partners that would, you know, either embed us, integrate us or, or utilize us. Um, but there were, there was this fun part about watching people getting to work with them and kind of helping them on their journey. And mm -hmm. so um, that was, that was probably the first time I realized, oh, there, there's another aspect of this that I've got to sharpen my saw at because I okay. hadn't really realized that before. Okay. How did you, what do you, uh, what kind of things did you do to help you improve as being a manager, that kind of thing? Did you, did you look at it from that perspective back then? Or was that a little bit later on as you matured a little more or? So, you know, Tony, that's a great question. And I, I don't know that I have a brilliant answer for you <laughs> other than, other than, you know, you realize quickly and, and maybe this is part of my upbringing. I'm not sure, but you realize that I realized really fast that people were depending on me mm -hmm. um, for their, their, their job satisfaction, their, their, their success, right? Their financial success. And so it was just one of those things where it was just like the first time I got thrown into a sales role that I really wasn't equipped to do. It's thrown in, you know, at PostalSoft, the greatest thing about that and First Logic as we, you know, grew was there was more than enough opportunity to grow as a person. You know, there were there were things yeah. opening up. We we always joked around, we we think we kind of ran wild with no structure. Um, but <laughs> um, uh, except for the structure that Guz and Rich gave us, but um, yeah, you know, yeah. it was we, you realize that people were depending on you. And I think that's when you start saying, okay, so I've got to, I've got to figure out how I'm going to enable them to, 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 you know, be responsive to them, be supportive of them, and then, and then figure out ways to enrich somebody's, you know, job. And, and the whole while too is, you know, people just, people, you know, they, we all care about our W-2s, right? But at the end of the day, you really want to, you, what you really care about is you, you want to work with people you want to, that, that you're like-minded with or that, that you yeah. want to be, right? So um, always took the time to develop personal relationships, not, not, not deeply personal, not friendship, but, you know, from a, from a work, from a job perspective, you know, work, you know, work balance, just making sure that I understood, you know, what they might be going through and with their family or making sure I always ask questions. And I think, you know, that's the other part to this is you, you can never be curious enough about other people. Um, mm -hmm. People love talking about themselves. <laughs> so the thing that, that I, that, and, and I've learned this over and over in my career is to, mm -hmm. to really be engaged in, and interested in what others have to say. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, you've probably actually been working more, not for first logic and postal soft now than you did for them. So I don't want to spend too much time, uh, I mean, I wanted to definitely hit that because that's our frame, frame of reference, but you actually, you left the company, was that 2005-ish around there sometime? 2002. 2002. Was it that long ago? Okay. Yeah. It was November of 2002. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And went to work for, at the time, it was what was that publishing business systems right so kind of working doing sales but vp sales kind of kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah it was um it was a tough choice because i really enjoyed the people that i was working with i was really enjoying yeah. what i was doing um but this afforded me the opportunity that i you know probably 3 years before that i didn't even know i wanted 
but it afforded me the opportunity to be the guy leading the sales organization. Sure. Um, sure. This was one of our, this was one of our, you know, by dollar value, one of our largest uh, software OEMs uh, mm -hmm. and that they had integrated our technology. I had taken, when I inherited that, that relationship, it was, uh, it was very combative. Um, we, we approached it with, Hey, let's solve this. Let's work together. You know, rising tide sure. raises all ships. And we turned it around in, you know, the team and I in, in months, right? Because we took some, some personalities out of the mix and, and, mm -hmm. and just listened to them. And so at any rate, yeah. they, they apparently liked what they got out of me. Um, and so they, they approached me and it was, that was a big move. Um, they yeah. wanted us to, my family to move to Minneapolis. Somehow we forgot <laughs> to do that. Um, and, uh, and, and it was, you know, it was in a business. So the fun part about that job was that literally, you know, true enterprise class software, long sales cycles, um, yeah. direct it to customers. And I was managing a team and I was managing a team that, you know, at the time was in transformation and, and mm -hmm. they wanted to bring in some, some, some new blood. Yeah. And so we, in the course of, from 2000, basically. So I, you know, I started, I left here in 2002, yeah. we sold yeah. the business in 2007 uh, yeah. <clears throat> and literally um, just about doubled our, our revenues awesome. um, in four awesome. short years. It was, it was a blast, um, super hard work. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we were in a position with some, with uh, great members of that team. And I'm talking about in the company, some of the people I still stay very close to. Um, and that's another thing about, you know, people's careers. You always hear, you know, I was, I was fortunate to work with great people, uh, yeah. just really great people. And so, you know, that was, that was, a uh, that taught me a lot of things that I didn't know that I either wanted to do or had the, the ability to do, but turning that thing around and, and really reigniting the sales engine there and getting us sold um, was um, just all new territory to me. It was, yeah. uh, it was an eye opener. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a second, but I just want to, I, I know at first logic that, that moving up to be that, that guy in charge of the sales department, it just wasn't going to happen because there was a couple guys, at least one guy firmly entrenched there that wasn't going anywhere. And right. so unfortunately, that's the kind of thing that happens sometimes is that if you have ambitions to be, or if you, if that's what you see your dream as, sometimes you just have to make a change, right? And that's going to be hard for everybody all around. So that was definitely. And I think that's another thing too. I, I, I might've been blind to it. Um, mm -hmm. but as I look back on my career, I've always been, maybe, but I've been, I've been, I've been always <laughs> willing to take, uh, take a flyer, yeah. take a leap. Um, and, and I don't even know if I've, if I processed it at the time, but sure. you know, just, just willing to, to put yourself out there and try something new. Sure. I gotta adjust here a little bit. So I'm standing in front of the light, but so I, yeah, I mean, and I don't mean ego in that in a, in a bad way, but you also, did you also want to kind of prove yourself a little bit as that guy that could, that could do that, I think. And yeah, so, without, without question, I, I didn't realize growing up, um, I played sports. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't particularly, I didn't particularly excel at anything I played traditional sports. I didn't, I was average to above average, right? And, right. and that's the best I can say. Um, but I didn't realize how competitive I actually was <laughs> until I, until I gotcha. started becoming a young man, right? Yep. And yeah. um, that, that, that competitive part, I think, you know, you have it or you don't. Um, yep. you, can, you can develop it, I think, as well, but it's, it was inherent. And I, and I just kind of, I exposed it in myself. And that's what got me to, to just say, you know, and, and I didn't have a lot, Tony, you know, some people, 
mm -hmm. come from prestigious schooling or you come from, you know, you know, that's all you see is ego and they can barely fit right? their head in the door kind of thing. Right. right? Um, so, I didn't yeah. have that to really fall back on to say, Hey, I've done something, you know, it, so, but it was, it was all, um, it was all rolling up the sleeves. It was hard work. And again, lucky with being exposed to really good people along the way. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah. I know one of my one of my weaknesses at the, uh, and it still can be at times is letting my ego get the best of me and and thinking that I actually have done something or that I you know that I I deserve something or that I deserve this or whatever but how did did you ever have any instances where you had to kind of take a step back and and just center yourself a little bit to catch your breath or something and and take a different perspective um, so I'll give you two examples. One is a little bit com comical. Um, within this household <laughs> with my wife and two kids, just about every week I've got to, you know, they, <laughs> you know, you, uh, as they, they know me as dad, right? And so yeah. every once in a while I have to remind them about a few things, but at any rate. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think the other time too is, is, is my, my long stint with um, New Cycle, which became Nabaga, right? And, mm -hmm. and yep, you know, we had next, six yeah. and a half, I had six and a half years there and and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was one where, you know, um, I think it, I'll, we'll, we'll cover that when we get to it, yeah. but, you know, yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of, um, uh, of hubris there too. Okay. Well. Okay. So next after, after PBS, you went to Digital Technology International and kind of moved up there as well. Was that, that was a Utah company? Really? Yeah, yeah okay. correct. Awesome. So here's a stint. Here's a stint where when I went to PBS, it was all the same end market from PBS to DTI to News Cycle, right? Okay. And, okay. and it was all through acquisitions of that gotcha. period of so so from 2000 and roughly three through 19, I was in the same industry, in the same technically in the same companies, but we were we were there was sure. M and A activity going on. So well, DTI that was, that, was that was a big downsizing and, and consolidation in the print market and all that and huge, mailing uh, and me all media that was stuff, going yeah. through wild transformation right yep, and yep. so and private equity was also ramping up substantially in buying enterprise software enterprise software is sticky our software was very sticky even mm -hmm. though the market was starting to constrict uh, yep. but DTI was awesome because um, it, you know Utah based number one number two is when they acquired. PBS, I was the head of sales, DTI had a head of sales. And I just assumed I was out on the street gonna be looking yep. for a job. Yep. And through a, a series of really interesting uh, actions, uh, I ended up being the head of um, sales, ended up being the head of sales and marketing, again, <laughs> which anybody that knows me knows, I, you know, I really don't have, other than on the job learning about marketing, so yep. any of the old uh, postal soft or, or first logic uh, marketing <laughs> folks, you can get a good chuckle out of that. But, but marketing kept finding me from that point on throughout my career. So I, I, I don't know there what happened there, but you're blessed uh, yes. at, at any rate. So yeah, took, took that. When on. you say and, interesting actions, what does that mean? You can't just hide behind that one. So, um, so we, you know, it was a founder led business by a brilliant man named Don Oldham. And, um, and, and he had some grand visions for his son that was in the business. And, and that, those, those visions just didn't manifest with our board of directors at that point okay. in time. Gotcha. And, and so there were some changes made and, and, and I inherited some of the son's uh, pieces. And so uh, Dave Oldham, by the way, went on to wildly successful. Um, he's quite a well-to-do man at this point. The, so the, I can, son I can, the son you're talking about? The son, yeah. yeah he, okay. he, he, he did well, not stay in our business. And, yep. you know, for... for for his dad, that was a that was a very sad, uh, sad moment in in his dad's uh, you know career with this business, 
Um, sure, and, sure. and then there's this new guy from, uh, you know, the Midwest who he's got to work with <laughs> now, right? So um, it was, but here's the deal, uh, is that, you know, Don and I ended up becoming, you know, fast, uh, fast compatriots, I guess, as you would sure. say. Um, he was a brilliant technologist, brilliant visionary. And, you know, I, I had some skill with, with selling. And so he and I would, um, you know, visit our key clients and we developed a, a really strong one-two punch. We developed mm -hmm. a strong working relationship. Um, and when it came time at DTI for um, the board for succession planning and, and fast succession planning, um, yeah. the board went out, of course, and interviewed uh, many, many external candidates. And, and I was one of the internal candidates and they selected me um, to be awesome. president. So I was, that was, um, that was a very humbling moment in my life because, um, you know, because of his backing, um, because mm -hmm. of where we were at as a business at that time, you know, you know, really, we had been really growing ironically through yeah. the market constricting. We had had some. Yeah. Cause this was right in the middle of, I mean, you got there in 2007, yeah right through the economic downturn and everything going on with that. And right media, media is going like this. We pivoted yep. our, whole, we pivoted from on-prem enterprise to SaaS. Wow. And, and that and was a 2010, was, 2012. That's nobody was doing that that much yet. Nobody was doing yeah. that. We were one of the first, we wrote a business plan for our board to sign off. Um, you know, we reconstructed our pricing, our contracts and, you know, it was um, once again, thrown into something I had no background <laughs> in, but just take the time to figure it out. And, yeah. and the, one of the reasons why we were acquired was we had signed um, in 2012, we had signed about 10 to 11 very large five-year long-term SaaS contracts because even though media companies were constricting, they still mm. needed digital technology, right? Not, yep. not, not yep. our company per se, but they needed, they needed to pivot from yeah. print and we were a good option, right? So so we had, we had closed a lot of business um, mm -hmm. and then that got the eyes of some other people. But um, this was also a moment in our career where my wife and I had to kind of look at ourselves. And um, when I was, when I was uh, promoted to president, um, mm -hmm. that required a move to Utah and okay. we made the move. We made okay. the move. Um, our kids were in sophomore year and eighth grade at the time. Um, my son, I thought it was going to be this stellar, outstanding experience, which it actually was. He was on the Park City mm -hmm. ski team, and um, we went to places we never would have gone otherwise. Um, sure. But he really missed the Midwest. And my daughter, um, she thrived. She loved it there. She, <laughs> to this day, she's so like, almost the way you would have flopped, you know, flip flopped with your son being as crazy about skiing as he was. You thought he would have right. just been perfect, you know? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that that must have been a. I mean, you were still traveling probably a couple hundred days a year, I would guess then too, weren't you? Yeah, it, no, you're it, in Utah, you know, be, but but yeah, still. I was traveling out of Utah. I became president, so I, you know, you pull back a little bit on that. But you know, okay. we were international, um, and yeah. that's a that's a theme throughout my career. Then after from that point on, is you know, spending a lot of time in Australia and a lot of time in Europe as well sure. um, with sure. our clients there. It was, yeah. it was was a you know the the you know new role, you know. Uh, new uh new team to, to manage in a new way and then you know making sure that we were staying out in front of our clients who were literally all over the globe so your wife must be she must have that tough personality to be able to survive you being gone that much with two kids as active as yours were i think 
Would that, would you agree with that? I, I probably, sh I probably shouldn't share this with your listeners, but I always joked <laughs> out she had a great boyfriend. So, um, um, no, uh, my wife and I've been together for 34 years now, I think, uh, awesome. for, maybe for 31 or 32. Um, no, she's, um, you know, how'd you guys meet summer, by the way? How'd you guys meet? Oh, yeah, this is the, this is the best story ever. Right. So I'm not, I'm going to be, make it as short as possible. Um, I will call it a love at first sight. Okay. It wasn't for her. It was for me. Okay. And um, I was a poor college student, uh, my senior year in college. I walked into First Federal in La Crosse, Wisconsin, I think to deposit my paychecks. Think about that today. I literally had <laughs> a physical piece of paper. It was probably a $50 paycheck, right? You know, yep. And I yep. put it in my, my bank account. Uh, I, I still think about that and how funny that is for today. And <laughs> I saw her walking through the lobby. Okay. And then just like that, she was gone. And then I met her out one night. <laughs> and that's how it happened um, so you had to sell so, her a bit on your qualifications to be to be her uh her well you know it was I, I extract i extracted her phone number so that was that was my okay. first successful um okay. uh, sale with her but uh our first date wasn't anything to write home about she she wasn't feeling well and i i honestly i we joke around about it wasn't even sure if i was going to call her for a second date and wow. um of course you know how that changed so, yep how, yep exactly Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So you're in Utah and that went through 2013 or actually did it go longer than that? Or you, was that when so DTR was acquired yeah, so, by so Navica? We, we, we moved out and yeah. committed to the move. And, and, and by the way, Utah has always been like a second home state for us. Mm -hmm. Annette and I, before we had kids vacation there, um, we've skied there. I've ski raced there. My son ski raced there before we ever um, moved there. Utah has, for, so the fact that this turned out like this, it's another one of those higher power things that says, exactly. wow, I can't, yeah. I can't believe this is, is Spring, actually is happening. Springville kind of the Salt Lake City area or more it's Park Southern, City? It's Southern Provo, right? And, oh, okay. and okay. Um, so, so what we lived in Park City, so I had a long commute every day, 55, yeah. 50, 55 minutes, but it was one of the most beautiful drives. And it was, you know, I would talk to, I would talk to, um, Europe on the way in and I would talk to our people in Australia on the way home on the drive. So the drives nice. went like that. Right. Nice. Um, but uh, you know, so this, so this opportunity to be in Utah, to live in Utah. And so we're going the way and sure enough, we start getting knocks on the door um, mm -hmm. for this business, which was, you know, I don't know that the, the private equity firm that owned us was ready. And, but anyway, so we kind of, my, my job turned more into from running the business to preparing the business, right? Okay. And I was doing both simultaneously. Tony, again, for your listeners, I've never prepared a business for sale. <laughs> I, I've, been through, I've been through a couple of years. I suppose even um, with First Logic, you'd probably seen at being at the, at the VP level back then, you had seen some of, because even in the late 90s, unbeknownst to those of us at the, at the regular working level, they were already looking at sales back then, right? Yeah. So yeah. I had yeah, you've seen some I, of that, I, but you weren't involved, maybe you weren't, directly involved with some of it, I guess. Yeah, no, no, I really wasn't. But there was a guy with the initials RB, we'll keep him confidential, that kind of would <laughs> kind of keep me posted on that. Yep. But I was also involved when we sold PBS to DTI. And, and, sure. and so I had, a, I had some familiarity. But at any rate, um, you know, we started getting these knocks on the door. And we went through a, a number of management presentations. Um, you know, and, and one leader really started to stand out in this process. They were called Vista Equity Partners, and mm -hmm. and for you know for anybody who's 
swims in these types of circles, Vista is one of the most successful private equity firms on the planet, right? Sure. They've had a little bumpy ride lately, but um, they're doing just fine. And so at any rate, um, that was through, let's say, December of, of 12. And, you know, we just couldn't come together quite on a valuation, close, but not come together. And then um, another thing happened. So then in early January, um, what was happening in the business is we had been so wildly successful selling these contracts, these long five-year SaaS contracts. Well, what happens is, you know, your cash flow really changes in a business radically when you go from big injections of enterprise licensed software that, yep. that help fund payroll, that help fund your expenditures and your cost of goods. And we, we went to these little micropayments, monthly micropayments, right? Yep. And so yep. we were experiencing a, a riptide in the business uh, financially. Mm -hmm. um, we had great success and great revenues over the next five years, but we were in this point where we were this big of a company that was built for these big injections of enterprise software. So we had to execute on a very substantial reduction in force oh, in the business. That's awesome. um, had never done that before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, so you know how those things go. And yeah. that was a humbling experience, right? Um, but it was the right thing for the business in terms of its, its ongoing and, and, and its sustainability. Right? So, so yeah. and, and then that's what, you know, about a month after that, um, you know, apparently Vista liked us a lot better. <laughs> well, if you look at that complete bottom line of expense and you cut 20% off that or something with no effect on your ability to do business, then... Yeah. You know, I, I think we saw that a lot back in the first logic days with our with our layoff we had there too, is that, and it's probably true for most companies, you accumulate a certain amount of dead weight and there's still people, there's still people you have to treat with respect and dignity and things like that as part of that. But do we really need everybody that's there right now? And, yeah. it, you know, it's a definite change and heartbreaking to people, but sometimes it's for the company, it's a good thing to do. So yeah, yeah. how you did you, how did you balance accurate. that? Yeah. How did you balance that? I mean, so, you know, the, it's, um, this is one of the hardest things I think any person, uh, whether you're a manager or not a manager in, in, in the, in the business world has to either be on the delivering end or the receiving end. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the first and foremost thing, the way you handle it with your management team is you kind of walk them through why we have to do this. You yep. walk them through then the next part is, and this is again, this is a hard process and you have to be incredibly thoughtful about mm -hmm. how you execute on a plan like this. You have to be thoughtful to the people that will be leaving the business and taking care of that in a, in a very respectful fashion. But then you also have to be very cognizant of the people that are still there. Yeah. And there is for a period of days and weeks um, there's a there's a sense of loss in those folks that saw people sure. that they knew and loved and worked with for a long time no longer there. So you have it's not a one and done event, right? You don't you don't execute the plan and you're done and you're over with. It's yeah. you have a team of people then that are left to carry on, and you have to be incredibly um, mindful and planted with that process as well. So it's yeah. really at the end of the day, Tony. My my management style is is you know, we work in technology, right? And it's yeah. all intellectual property. But at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is going to sound very trivial, but, it, but it's all about the people. Um, yeah. Without great people, the right people in the right seats, 
you know, you just, you just have a business, right? So yeah. that's how we got. Well, and DTI probably did DTI kind of appeal to you also because it, it was, did it grow as like a family owned company you said, right? So there, it, there must've been a lot of long-term employees there that suddenly had changes on coming up on them. Yeah. 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 Very familial, very, uh, yeah, very um, culturally, very um, tight, tight group. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, listening in that case is probably more what people want than anything I'm guessing. And they just want mm -hmm. to be heard if yeah. they have something to, something to talk about. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. great. So then uh, you got, so did you went with DTI into Naviga? Yeah. So then yeah. this is when Vista acquired DTI and, okay. and Vista saw a real opportunity in our space not just to buy our company, but to buy about four or five of our competitors <laughs> and put them together yeah, to yeah. build scale. Um, this was at a period of my career, Tony, um, and I would, I would encourage anybody to, if they have the opportunity to, to jump at it, um, where you learned really, really excellence in, in running a business, all of the procedures, processes, best practices, um, you know, the, the, the challenge of bringing five competitors. Initially, you know, Naviga now I think might be 11 or 12 companies. Um, when I left, I think we were nine companies, 10 yeah, companies. Um, but the, initially it was five direct competitors. So talk about wow. chaos. It, well, Egos it and chaos. attitudes. Well, just, uh, just different systems and different attitudes, different philosophies, all of that putting together at once. And, yeah. and we were direct competitors, so we knew each other. Right? <laughs> we, knew, we knew what people had said about each yep. company competing yep. against it, right? So, so my job, um, you know, and I was, I was interim uh, president of that company. Okay. Um, I was, so from July through uh, October, November, I was running that business of integrating our, our wow. companies. And so I had to, I had to, um, I had to bring together these fierce competitors and I brought a lot of people together. We had sessions, you know, and, and Hey, we're in the same boat now, you know, <laughs> we have tribalism to the side and we have to, we're, we're no longer the names of who we were. So there was a whole process behind that. Vista was incredibly awesome about um, their guidance with that too. And how we, how we went about that. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, if you ever want to have a lot of fun um, by that. <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. Had you moved back to lacrosse by then too? Yeah. 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 That awesome. was, that was the, that was the funny part. We moved, we moved, um, we didn't have time to wait for the movers. Um, and so we moved ourselves <laughs> during all of this. <laughs> CEO of the company packing up a U-Haul. There you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It was, that's humbling too, by the way. And yeah. and we have all agreed that we will never do something like that again. So yes. It was, uh, and here I said, traveling across the country with my family and, and three right. square feet of our, you're, you're yeah, doing, yeah. you're doing a little yeah. bit better. I, I like your style. <laughs> I really like your style. Absolutely. Well, we try. So yeah, I, I, but those kinds of things dealing with, I mean, if you're dealing business, business level type stuff is one thing, but when you get family level stuff that, that you're not expecting or that I, that can almost trip me up more. I think sometimes is the little things that, you know, I get done working all day and I'm like, Oh, I just had a good day or I had a bad day or whatever. But then, Hey, my two year old doesn't care what kind of day I had. It's just, he yeah. comes running. So yeah. 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 Yep. Well, and that's good for you, Tony. Be mindful of that two-year-old. Uh, my son's 24 and he'll tell you, you know, dad, um, you know, you were pretty busy during while I was growing up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get that with Adam. My 19-year-old is that, I, I mean, partly because of the divorce with being every other week, but then I traveled quite a bit when he was younger too. So I, yeah, 
Yeah, we get some of that too. That definitely not as much as you. That's for sure. I think you set some new records for miles or something like that. But yeah, yeah Delta likes me. <laughs> so that with Naviga went until 2019. That was a pretty good six-year run. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Vista. You know, great operators. They they they. I, I learned. I think if I, if I thought I knew a lot before I got there, um, that was another very humbling experience. Um, mm -hmm. I got to learn really uh, fine tune and sharpen my saw even further, got put in a lot of situations to execute on initiatives, strategies. Um, and, did they specifically and, train you or was it just your involvement in running the business that, that did that for you? No, what it, what it was then, it was, um, um, and, and every private equity company has their playbook about how sure. they want to uh, buy a company and how they want to execute um, to an exit. Right? Okay. And, okay. and, and so there's, you can, you can do a growth plan, you can do an EBITDA plan, right? You know, you, you can, you can be an M&A for financial reasons or strategic reasons, right? And mm -hmm. um, you can be purchased just because you're from a private equity for, for from a private equity or, or, or from strategics. It's, it's, it's actually a fascinating world. I've worked for three private equity firms, all different from each other. Um, and so I got, I got a lot of exposure. Um, it was really interesting, but the Vista part um, is they're famous for their playbook. Um, okay. It is held, it is a highly held secret and mm -hmm. protected intellectual property. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I was given the keys to take, you know, from a CRO perspective to take gotcha. then, cause that's where I morphed from, from being the interim president to CRO um, and execute on all these types of best practices. Right? Oh, awesome. That, that yeah. you would see, you know, we were, we were a hundred, hundred plus million dollar company. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Cause this is where I have to be kind of careful with what I say. So, but, sure. and, and, but we were operating. Cause you're a um, private, basically private company well, at this point, right? And yeah. you know, this is all non-disclosure stuff, right? So, sure, I mean, so, sure. but, so we were operating, we were using operating procedures and practices that you'd see in a billion dollar company. Right. So it was, it was eye opening. And they had and experts was, and they had experts at their level to help you if you had questions kind of a thing too. Yeah. I remember like when a I McKinsey, started with Vista. Like a McKinsey type thing or something like that. Exactly. Almost, right. right? Yeah. When, when I started with Vista, they had a Vista consulting group and I think it was five people. Um, when I left, I think it was a hundred people. Wow. And, and <laughs> they would, they would fly into, you know, acquired companies and, and help you, help you get on your merry way. And it was, awesome. it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. So yeah, that was a, it was a, it was, you know, six years of a run there and it was just time, right? You like, you yeah. just, I knew that um, kind of the trajectory, what I had done, I had, I had kind of done it. And, you know, there was that moment and I, and I remember it uh, really, really well where I was sitting at the kitchen table and my wife said, you know, Dan, you're not, not you're not having fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what started it all. And, um, and that led to a, a, a really great um, exit situation with them. Um, you know, we collaborated. And then um, I had a year off, um, which I didn't nice. know if I was going to, I didn't know if I was going to come back and work or not. <laughs> so um, it was, uh, but, but, you know, this is where, you know, two of your partner can play such a big role in your life. Like, you know, yeah. I was in the forest for the trees. She was watching this, you know, materialize and it was just really obvious right to uh -huh. her. And yeah. so you, thankfully you've got somebody, uh, your, your wing woman looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. So time off, um, phenomenal yeah i saw lots of pictures of you going cycling and doing all kinds of fun stuff there that i was jealous of but it looked like a lot of fun so yeah. until you uh what'd you do uh hurt your knee or something like that cycling or was that after uh, you started working again 
but that was after that was that was afterwards <laughs> that was afterwards but you know i i even while during this period i was busy here in lacrosse working with a local uh, very prominent real estate developer um and and um uh and we were working on some really really interesting stuff with both the city the county um many um organizations in lacrosse to really accelerate um middle class income housing in the city of lacrosse awesome there's a there's a there's a a, a a devoid of inventory of middle class housing in the city and we always you always think it's because we're constrained by a river and bluff and really it's for a variety of other reasons as well but um you know the city is 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 such a center to this whole bigger community and they provide services and goods but yet the city's not growing but on alaska west salem lacrosse and holman are yeah. exploding right yeah. so you know the city was very interested in what we were talking about because from a tax roll basis it was it was this was not a this was not a non-for-profit initiative it was for a for-profit enterprise and sure. so anyway that that kind of kept me busy it kept me and awesome. again something new never done it um, but I really enjoyed working with this person. I was personally friends with him from cycling. Um, and then COVID hit. So that kind of stopped that. And around the same time COVID hit, the, the phone rang um, for <laughs> this endeavor that I'm on now. Awesome. So now you're with Core Business Technologies. What does Core do? Can you give so us a So we are seconds? in, so, so here, think about us this way. We are in enterprise payments and revenue management. So okay. people like in the healthcare, our, our three verticals are higher education a little bit, but then healthcare and government. So okay. Cleveland Clinic is one of our biggest accounts and they use us because they're taking payments in from thousands of sources, you know, many departments, many, many devices. And so we take all of their payments in and we process, reconcile it all to their GL and then, you know, um, and, and then move it through the payment process uh, piece. So, uh, you know, we're, okay. a, we're a very, in part of our business is a very complex piece of software, enterprise software that integrates into large cities or large healthcare organizations um, and like helps with them Ep with- Like with Epic and things like that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland Clinic yeah. is a big Epic user. So we're, we're working okay. right alongside them there. Um, and then part of the business is, is really more about um, straight payments and, and merchant processing from that moment. Mm -hmm. That, you know, somebody in a municipality taps a credit card to pay for their taxes or to pay for their parking ticket or their sure. speeding ticket. Sure. Um, and, and that whole process of how that gets reconciled and rationalized. Um, talk about, I had, I had no. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a theme here. Dan, Dan's moving into I, places. He had no experience doing stuff and still makes it yeah. work. So, well, they brought me in. These were, these were the, the, the equity firm I'm with now are some ex, uh, ex uh, Vista people as well. We got to know each right. other a little bit. They called me up and, um, and this sounded, it sounded fun. It sounded interesting and it has been. So, it's, so this, uh, you started, when did you start with this company? Was started it in May, May of 2019. So, or 2020, excuse me, right <laughs> in the middle of COVID. Middle of COVID, you take over as CEO of a company and can't travel to meet anybody in the company or anything like that. So no, no, I've been to our, I've been to each one of our facilities, our, our Rhode Island's our, our headquarters. I've been there twice. Okay. Uh, I've been to Indianapolis once. I've been to Florida once and Utah. Well, Utah, I've been to many times, but we've got a small population there. We're also in the middle of, of some, another acquisition. So, you know, this is, this is kind of a, it's almost like this is the culmination of my experience of, you know, because yeah. I've been through, I calculated it the other day. It's, I think I've been either on the buy side or sell side 15 times through a, through a merger <laughs> of acquisitions. What did you say to the people the first day you came on? <laughs> 
Hi, um, I'm Dan. Happy to see you. Good luck. Hey, strap yeah. in. We're going for a ride. Yeah. No. Um, no. It, it's this is this is one again where you know um, it's just introducing yourself and it's talking to them one on one. Right. Held a lot of town halls. Um, tried to reach out for a lot of one on ones. First priorities to 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 meet your your leadership team that you're going to work with. Um, but you know they my approach with this and with any type of new situation is they've got to know who I am. Right. So yeah. I, I quickly started a cadence of, of kind of how do I work? What are my principles? How, how is, what's the culture that we're going to have here? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, how do we work together? Right. And so it was, um, you know, I've been living on this with this backdrop uh, for <laughs> over a year now uh, living on video and, and, sure. and I, and I'll have to tell you, it's, it's pretty effective. It's not yeah. perfect, but it's effective. Yep. Versus all the time you would spend in airports and driving and things like that. And, and you can be, you can if actually you do my, productive if work. If you ask now, my right? wife, I was way more efficient with this process. Um, you know, over the winter in particular, um, you know, it's dark, it's cold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, time you get in your office, the time you leave, you know, no big surprise to a lot of, to you or anybody else. You put in really long days when you're yeah. building something like this. And, and it was like, between COVID and the time of year, it was perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So between all these, I mean, it sounds like flexibility is probably one of the names of the game for you too, isn't it? Just. Yeah. Um, you, you, whether, whether it's for yourself personally, whether it's for the teams that you manage, um, and especially now in this day and age, uh, people have a lot of choices. They can go work just about anywhere, especially yeah. now uh, coming out of COVID. And you have got to create an environment that, that gives people flexibility. It gives people the, you know, if you got to go run an errand during the day, hey, no big deal, right? It's, um, you've just, you know, where do you need to work from, right? Um, you know, we're, we're coming out where I just had a town hall yesterday announcing our back to the office um, uh, approach and policy. And, you know, we're going to embrace a hybrid model and that's sure. flexibility, right? It's going to take more to manage it. But mm-hmm. I believe it's the right approach in terms of giving people, um, you know, the choice and the option and the flexibility. Yeah, yeah. So if you had a, if you were trying to hire a new VP or something, why would you? What would you tell them to, to say why? You know, why should I come work for Dan? <laughs> well, um, does it work that way at that level? I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I've never been hired know, for a VP job, so you tell me. So, so what it is, is it's, first of all, I, I want to make sure, you know, you know, because when I, when I, when I hire and I've been through a lot of it lately, yeah. it's as much about them being right for us as it's about us being right for them. Sure. So, you know, the, people are always kind of surprised at how many questions I ask in an interview. And I'm, I'm asking because I, I want, I'm asking them about what they're looking for. What do they sure. want? You know, like what motivates you and, and, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what does a good boss look like to you? Like, so, you know, you know, I want them to understand what's important to them before I try to sell them or tell them how great our company is. Um, mm-hmm. I'll always, I'll always give them a strong dose of, of um, one of my tenants uh, is that, um, and I won't use the, I won't use the slang word of this, but we just don't deal with bad people, right? I, I just can't have that on the team. I, we, people have to, it, as long as I create the right vision, the right culture, then you make sure you have people on your team that fit that, right? Yeah. And so 
yeah. through, through an interview process, that's what I'm trying to ask them. I'm trying to understand what are they, what are they looking for, right? What yeah. do they want to accomplish? Is there, is there usually for, for a position, is there usually a first round before they get to you of interviews? Like somebody doing it, a pre-interview at the HR level before they get to you to, and you tell them, if, if you see ego as number one with this guy, I don't even want to talk to him kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unless their, their, their CV is, uh, is, yeah. is, is, uh, and I actually had that, I actually had that happen, um, uh, you know, on a couple of them. And, um, and I took the interview regardless. It was a very key position. I took the interview and it was validated. I'm like, I don't think this person is going to match, you know, the culture we're trying to build here. Yeah. Yeah. I think we saw that a lot too back in the day with people that just had, they had their own plans, their own designs. And uh, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about as far as they wanted to build their own company out of our company and, and have their own little pond to play in. But it, it's, if, if you're not going to fit inside the culture, then something's got to change, right? That reference, Tony, framed a lot of my philosophy and a lot of my managerial approach. And frankly, I think it, um, it framed a lot of why I'm at where I'm at, right? You know, it's like, okay. you know, it's, okay. I think that, that, that what I saw play out, as you described there, was something that I just didn't want to repeat when, when I had the opportunity to be in charge. Mm, awesome, awesome. So you mentioned you had the one tenant of, of and I'll say it, no assholes in the company, but kind of a thing. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, what are some of the other key characteristics you look for in the people you work with? Yeah, you know, so the, the other key piece is, you know, certainly, you know, you want somebody to have, um, I, I don't, in certain roles, I don't, they don't have to have specific industry experience, um, depending on the role. Mr. Um, Mr. Geog what, geography what, major. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I, I proudly announced to the whole company that I'm the guy that knows the least about payments in our business. Sure. Um, but my other tenant is, is that, you know, I arrive at, you know, leading a team is, I, I just, I'm generally not the smartest guy in the room. I don't have to be. I, I need mm -hmm. to surround myself with people who are. Uh, but but the, the big piece is, as I said, anybody coming in is, we will be respectful in debate. We will, we will have rigorous debate, right, on, on issues, initiatives, strategy. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, if, if, the, if the team can't come up with our, our path forward and our solution, um, mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to make that decision. Like I, I don't collaborate just to keep, keep things winding on. And that's what will, that's what the team knows. Like when we get into situations, um, I'm always ready to make a decision, had a small one of those already early today. And we just made the decision and moved on because it, mm -hmm. it needed to be done. But I, you, and usually, I also think, you usually want to be the, the team to make the decision though. Even if, even Absolutely. if it, even if it's maybe 90% of what you do, do you still go with Absolutely. the team's decision? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, awesome. and, you know, this is also going to sound trivial, but you know, we can't be afraid to make a mistake. Just adjust. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can't, we can't, we can't shoot for perfection. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a misguided um, piece. Yep. Yep. So you also, I mean, you mentioned before of a, a little bit of, you want it to be kind of a team decision or everybody working together, but it's, in the end, you're in charge. So balancing your ego against getting the team's involvement and things like that, you don't want there to be ego or you don't want your ego to get in the way of doing the right thing, I'm guessing is kind of what, where I was trying to go with that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's you're absolutely. <laughs> it's, um, um, I can, I can, I can show an ego if I want to it's like in the box. Right. And, yeah. and again, it's, it's, it's that humbleness that you have to, as a leader be, 
Um, and, and you have to understand that the people on your leadership team are also looking to advance their careers and they're looking to, to be a voice, right? And so you, you've got to allow, you know, it doesn't have to be Dan making these decisions. It, it has to, you know, I want people to step up. I want them to, to be conviction, you know, to show conviction. And, but with conviction, you better back it up with data and logic. Yeah. Yep. Are you trying to, re, uh, one of the biggest quotes I've heard from other leaders was trying to train your replacement. Uh, have you ever been in that position where you've tried to enable people to grow to be the president of a company like you are? So really interesting question, right? Um, it has, there's, there's been a couple instances where that's the case and I've identified somebody and started working on, on because I've understood their career path ambitions as well. Sure. Um, but then as I think about you asking that question, Tony, and some of the quick turns to what happened in my career and some of the way we exited specifically to private equity, um, that just, it just didn't manifest that way, right? Sure. So, but certainly here at CORE, um, you know, um, you know this, I'm not a young man, right? And yeah. uh, um, uh, as I always like to tell my team, uh, but at any rate- You've um, got you far know, less that, gray hair than I do, I'll tell you that. But that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my friends, uh, they, 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 my close friends absolutely believe I, I spend all this time flying through Minneapolis to, to go get my hair dyed and get hair <laughs> um, Total truth, total truth. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's one where it's an important piece and, and I'm already thinking of those things with core. So. Yeah, I guess maybe it's more along the lines of just trying to, everybody has a path that they want to go usually unless... VP of sales, that's their destination job or something like that. But usually people, what do they want? What's, you know, where do they, do they see this? Where do they see themselves growing over the next five years? And trying to get people to articulate has got to be, articulate that has got to be a little tough sometimes. Hopefully. Absolutely. You got to draw it out. You got to have those, those personal conversations. What are your ambitions? Right. Yeah. And then, and then you also have to be, you know, as a leader, you know, I'm not immortal, right? It's like, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's things that happen in life sometimes that aren't, aren't good things, right? You know, you, 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 I lost a brother last year, you know, yeah. surprisingly. And, and that yeah. just starts playing. But, but my point here is that, you know, what happens if Dan wins a lottery or something happens to Dan, Core better be able to keep going, right? Yeah. It's my responsibility as a leader to make sure that that would, that, that you know, that there would not be a, a hitch in the giddy up, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, as sorry to hear about your brother as well. That uh, I don't know how if if you don't want to go down that road, that's fine. But but has that changed kind of your perspective on life much? Um, absolutely. Yeah, it sounded like your brother. You said your brother was an Air Force officer and pilot, and and flew a lot of combat and things like that. But yeah, what did he mean to you? I guess. Um. So so yeah, he was a retired colonel. Um. And he uh. My brother and I are the opposites, um, even though we were very close. <laughs> he was four and a half years older than me, um, probably 20 years more mature than I was at any given point. And, but he was, he was the calm, cool, collective. Um, you'd never realize what he had accomplished in his career. Um, and, you know, I was more outgoing, right? And yeah. I was always, I was the youngest. I was the, you know, the, the I like attention, right? So those are the traits. He kind of look at you and shake his shake his head a little bit and stuff. Uh, like he was that. pretty he was pretty patient with me too. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, you know, so you learn a lot, right, from that. And you know, we we had this 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 life together early on, where we were very together in a very small bedroom. And then mm -hmm. he went on his path, and we always stayed in connection, right? 
but you know, he got married much younger before me. He had his family before I'd had my family. So we were always, we were always running in parallel, but I was quite a bit behind. And then right. we were getting to this point where both of our families were grown and starting to be out and we were starting to do a lot more together. So sure. I think the takeaway, your question was, um, it, many of us, and I'm at the front of this train, didn't understand the word immortality uh, or mortality, right? And, and you, I've always been centered um, kind of in the moment and don't probably think about too much um, down the road. And well, you have your wife you for that have, a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> pardon me? You have but, your wife for that a little bit, right? So. Um, that is exactly right. Um, yeah. But yeah, an event like that that happens to any of us in our life, um, you know, the impact it had on me is to say, okay, Dan, you've got, yeah. you know, you've got time. You know, how are you going to use this to its sure. best and fullest? Uh, so sure. that's what, that's what we're, uh, my wife and I are trying to do now. Sure, sure. So, all right. Well, you've been with CORE for about a year now. I'm not going to, I mean, what is, where does Dan want to be in five years? <laughs> I don't think I can Utah. say that. <laughs> well, okay, true. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah, too many. Yeah, that probably wouldn't go over very well, I would guess. Yeah, no, yeah. no CORE, CORE's, CORE's uh, you know, we've got a lot of foundational work we've put in. Our, we've got a great private equity firm, a lot of investment going into this business. And, you know, obviously, you know, everybody knows the playbook with private equity. So my yeah. job, I know what my job is. It's real clear. It's build up this company, build scale. And, you know, at some point they'll make an exit on this business. Right. So sure. um, for, for me personally, I know um, Utah is a big part of our future. Um, we love, we love lacrosse. We're never going to exit lacrosse. Uh, we joke that they're going to haul us, uh, my wife and I out of this house <laughs> probably horizontally. Um, but, um, we'll spend a lot of time there and, you know, we, we aren't too different than a lot of other people. We love to travel. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind replicating the, the Moss family here, um, and, and mimic that for a little while too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting, we're just, it's kind of, we're up, up here in Northwestern Wisconsin by my parents and we just extended, we were supposed to head out July 2nd to go through the UP of Michigan and then go down that way and head out East. And my brother was coming in from San Diego for the, with his family, with his whole family for the first time in almost eight years. So we're like, Oh, so we just, we canceled our, Michigan plans and we're going to stay in the area for another few weeks. So, so like you how many more times? It. Yeah. I mean, my dad just turned 80. He's had his own health struggles and thankfully yeah. he was doing a lot better now and my mom's doing, doing well, but it's like, if we're gone for a year, you know, a lot can change in a year every uh, year. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. And you've got, and you've got your parents and that's a, that's a gift, right? So, yep. Uh, yep. you know, I always joke, you can pick your friends and, but you can't pick your family. So hopefully your family's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so far. Yeah. Yeah. We get along so far. So, I mean, I think we had our own struggles as well, but what family doesn't, I mean, where my brother and I, we shared a bedroom as well growing up. So I think that has its own and he's, also four years older than me. So yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. The annoying little brother hanging out, trying to get in my business kind of thing. So yeah, well, I was all of that. Yeah. So Dan, any last thoughts? What would you, what would you tell somebody that was looking to grow in business or, or just what are you, what are your tenets for success personally? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, just a couple simple ones really. And it's going to sound pretty trite, but you know, first of all, you know, I think anybody listening to this realizes that, you know, I, I, I just took flyers, right? Like I, yeah. I had some doors that opened up and fortunately I, I, I kind of pushed them and ran through them. And I think that's the first step is that a lot of times we're, we're concerned or we're too worried. Well, am I going to like that? Or am I going to be good at that? Or am I, and you know, my, my advice and, and what I've done in my career is just yeah. 
go do it, right? And, and you'll yep. learn. I think the, the, the secret to, and you can define success many, many, many different ways, right? And, mm-hmm. But the, the secret to my, my, how I've looked at my career um, is, is the opportunity for the people that I've been able to work with. And I, I genuinely mean that. I, there is no way that you know, we could have, as, as groups of teams of people, accomplished the things that we did without um, some great people. And I think you know, at the end of the day, you, know, it's, you have your friends and then you have your, your, your coworkers. And um, you know, you know, I don't think you have to be a family at work, but you have to be really respectful of people and you have to be really um, um, interested in people. Uh, I think if you're interested, people become interested in you. I think sure. if you show initiative people and, and help people, they're always, you know, it's the karma thing. It always comes yep. back. Yep, yep. And I think you're, I, I just personally, I mean, just looking at your family and things like that too, you couldn't have done any of this without the support of your wife and your kids wow. and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, my wife is, uh, is, is the piece of this that, that has yeah. kept it all together. <laughs> and I think maybe on that note, we'll call it a day. So Dan, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your insights. And, and oh yeah, one last question. If you, do you, I, I don't know how much of a book reader you are. Do you have any business books you tell, or just not even a business book? Is If there's one book you could give to somebody to read, what would it be? Um, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll grab the one that's closest to me right now. And it's a book called Traction. Okay. Uh, and this is a book that you'd think after all of my Vista experience that I'd be just, I'd be so well equipped. And this is a book to help core and to help our business operate even more efficiently. Um, You know, so it's a book that's all about, you know, using, using the right management practices, the right people in the right places, really keeping it simple, like Mm -hmm. trying to run when you've got a far flung deal. And, you know, we're a company now that is four companies will soon to be five companies, um, all strategic acquisitions, but you've got to keep that glued together. So this, this book is, 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 is the book, but then we're going to be implementing all of the, all of the pieces behind it. And, and for anybody in, in the business world about operating or, or trying, to, trying to take complex things and break them down to simple, uh, this, is a, this is a great program. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Dan, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And best Likewise. of luck with you the rest of your journey. So you bet. And, and keep, keep some pictures coming, Tony. I want to see the rig going, going, you we'll know, do. I got it. I have to, yeah, I got to do better at that for sure. For All sure. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you.